fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market laissez-faire capitalist society allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Hey, another day down, baby. The countdown continues as you get closer and closer to your Christmas celebration. You're getting down to it. Are you ready? The last final stages of preparation, the cooking of the food, the wrapping of the presents, making sure everything's nestled under the tree, and then, of course, it's all going to freeze and we're all going to die anyway. So welcome in. <laughs> welcome in. We're, we'll get to some of the crazy weather across the nation here in just a little bit. Welcome into the show. What's happening? Great to have you along for the ride today. Broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country on radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. However you watch or listen to the show, welcome aboard your Millennial General reporting for duty like we do every single day. I am giddy about Christmas this year. I got to admit, last year, I, I mean, I love it. It's always one of the greatest times of the year, obviously, but Uh, especially with how much work goes into preparing for holidays in the industry that I'm in, it's hard to really get into the mood until it's almost too late. And once you get into it, then it's great, but it's hard to actually feel the excitement and energy of the holiday because you're working so much. in, In my industry with radio, obviously, when you turn on the radio, then you still want to hear something. It can't just go quiet. So we work double time beforehand and double time after time uh, afterwards to play catch-up uh, just to keep things going and keep you lovely and, play- and nicely entertained, which we love. And I wouldn't do anything else. I love this industry to death. But it's a lot of work, so it's hard to get into that groove. But I don't know what it is this year, man. I'm feeling it. We got the Christmas lights up. We have yet to watch a lot of the Christmas movies that I usually watch. The traditions have not yet been fulfilled, so I'm a little bugged about that. But we have the next week to be able to watch those. I need to watch Die Hard still because the greatest Christmas movie of all time. I need to watch Die Hard 2 because that is also a Christmas movie, although it does not get as much attention. I need to watch Lethal Weapon 1, also a Christmas movie. Uh, I need to watch Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'll get to the chapel. Yes, uh, we. I have yet to watch that one, and that is my classic as well. I really, really, really want to watch the new one that came out just a few weeks ago that is called Violent Night, and I don't know what streaming service it is on. I don't remember, but it is the awesome one where Santa Claus apparently goes and kicks the butt of the bad guys who are doing bad things. So I really want to watch that one. There's a lot of movies that I'm falling behind on. We did watch Home Improvement. I have yet to watch Elf this year. Man, I'm really behind. What's going on here? Uh, we did watch, and for those that have, uh, if you still have Disney Plus at all, then I do recommend The Santa Clauses. As you know, the Tim Allen Santa Claus that was made in the late 90s, early 2000s. That was my generation. I grew up with that one. I absolutely loved that one as a kid. And they made three movies of that, I think. The third one was ridiculous. I didn't care for that one. The second one is okay. The first one's the classic, obviously. They made a six or seven episode TV series of that on Disney Plus now, and it was great. I really enjoyed it. I I really like that one. I love Tim Allen. I'm a big fan of that. I know that he said uh, kind of behind the scenes, 
And subliminally, he wanted to try and in- include some religion to it as well and some spirit, uh, some religious aspects to the show, which was really neat and kind of surprising that they would allow that on Disney+. Plus. So they did. I thought it was a great show. It was a little short. I think they wrapped it up a little soon instead of kind of, you know, allowing things to mature and evolve the way they needed to and season it the way they needed to. But it was still a great show. And I give my hats, uh, hat tip off to Tim Allen again because he's absolutely amazing. And he's been one of my great Hollywood uh, favorites for really since I was a kid watching Home Improvement all the way back when. So I want to know what your favorite movies are during the Christmas time. Uh, we'll get to that stuff a little bit later on. But speaking of Disney+, Plus, man, i got to ask you the question, how bad does the economy need to be? Here's the question for the Democrats today. Here's the $10,000 question. And I ask you, Democrats, how, how bad does the Joe Biden economy need to be that even the left-wing, progressive, crazy, woke businesses are struggling and they're talking about actually selling things off uh, going into the 2023 year where economists are saying now that we have a 70% chance of a 2023 recession, which we called it on this program, did we not? How many weeks have we been saying that you can only inflate artificially the economy so long by spending and printing more money to invest in things without any backing behind it before the bubble bursts? Every time you print money without a backing, every time you quote unquote invest in a project without any uh, type of structure or backing into it, any time that you try to keep the economy going by just spending more money as opposed to allowing it to grow organically, every time you do that, you're creating a little bit bigger of a bubble. And you cannot make that maintained for two years, four years straight. You got it through the midterms while you said Republicans were lying about how bad the economy was. Now it's coming to bite yourself and you know what. And 2023 is going to be a rough year. And guess what? You made the decisions and we get to reap the benefits of it. So thank you for that. Appreciate that very much. Something that we get to look forward to in 2023. But how bad does the economy need to be when woke, liberal, progressive, radical businesses are talking about selling off and changing their policy. As you know, Disney has been struggling for a while because they've gone down the woke path. It's very difficult to get away from Disney as they've bought up just about every industry. I mean, we need to talk about monopolies here for uh, after a while with how big they are. But they've bought up a lot of the different TV networks. They own the majority of what you watch on TV. And just the Disney content itself for, for the kiddos is becoming more and more woke and progressive with the stuff they're trying to include. And uh, and then they censor some of their old stuff. I did give them props with the Home Alone that they have on their Disney Plus streaming service that they did not clip out the Donald Trump uh, little tiny um, uh, clip that he had in Home Alone 2. The cameo that he made, if you remember when uh, when Kevin's walking into the big hotel there in New York City and he meets Donald Trump and, hey, where's the lobby at? And he's like, oh, down there to the left. Down there and to the left. There it is. And it's just a quick little cameo. He walks in walks out. The TV networks for the longest time while Trump was in office had clipped that part out. But Disney Plus has not done that. And I did commend them for keeping that part in there and just keeping the movie original as it should be. But the latest headlines, according to The Hollywood Reporter, is that Disney is struggling so badly that now they're looking at selling off ABC and ESPN. Now... I know. I know. Now, you would think, okay, ABC, obviously, it's a toss-away. It's a network that's struggling because every other, you know, the three-lettered alphabet soup news network out there is struggling with ABC and NBC and CBS and CNBC and all these other. They're all struggling because no one watches them. The ratings are down horrifically. 
because they come out with liberal garbage that's not even journalistic in any way, shape, or form any longer. They're focusing on Donald Trump's tax fraud and the January 6th committee when they should be focusing on the fact that today and tomorrow are the final days that Congress needs to pass a federal budget, and yet they don't want to talk about that because they realize how bad the bills actually are, and we'll get to that here in just a second. But if they're selling off ABC, okay, whatever, not a big deal. They can go independent, it'll flail for a little bit, or maybe someone will take a hold of it, change it up a little bit, and we could actually see some journalism coming out. (laughs) I crack myself up. ESPN, on the other hand, is a bit of a shocker. ESPN is the dominant... Uh, voice in sports industry for TV and for radio in many markets across the country. I'm personally a fan of some of the other mar- uh, some of the other uh, syndicators out there that has sports. If you do sports, not that I'm the biggest sports guy or know much about sports, but it's shocking that they would talk about selling off ESPN because it's not doing so well. And one of the changes they're talking about doing is changing the ESPN Plus app if you're a subscriber, is a more a la carte as opposed you get it and then you just purchase different services within ESPN as opposed for the whole package, which would make me happy because I literally spend uh, money every month for that. Now it's the group package with Hulu and with ESPN and with Disney Plus, and I get it for like 15 bucks a month for all three of those services. But the problem is that the only reason I have ESPN is because I like to watch MMA fights from the UFC. That's it. That's the I've used I've had that app for probably two years and I've used it three times <laughs> because the only time I do it is really when Conor McGregor is fighting in a UFC fight and I purchase the fight. But then I have to have the membership and then I have to purchase the UFC fight on top of that. It's like 80 bucks a fight and it's a little ridiculous. So my question is now with how bad the economy is doing and with how little people are paying attention to the left wing woke mob. Shouldn't this be an indicator that maybe. They need to change their policies, maybe, that they should start changing the way that they appeal to the general public, that we don't want some type of activism in our entertainment. We don't want you to tell us how to think. We don't want to see things that are against what we believe in, or we don't want to see some type of propaganda smeared to us. We want to see entertainment. And I've said this many times in my personal belief. I am sick and tired of action movies that have the green screen. I'm sick and tired of the superhero movies where you have to have a superpower. I'm sick and tired of seeing something like, you know, Brokeback Mountain or Milk or whatever the hell other movies there are trying to preach to the choir. That's why the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez documentary on climate change got a whole 9,000 people to watch it. Nationwide, 9,000. I could make a documentary and have more than 9,000 people watch it. I just don't know what the hell I'd make a documentary about. Maybe about how bad she is or something. I don't know. But 9,000 people, that's like 20 people in each market going to watch it. Be like, oh, she's great. They're flailing. People are sick and tired of it. They want pure entertainment. I want to see Violent Night and just watch Santa Claus kick some butt without someone talking about aggressiveness or ultra-masculinity. I want to see Sylvester Stallone make The Expendables 4 that has Jason Statham and Arnold Schwarzenegger and Bruce Willis and uh, every other action hero that you can think of. Just go and just have nonsense, awesome action movies. I want to see Die Hard where Bruce Willis says Merry Christmas and a bunch of other things I can't see on the radio because it's entertaining. It's not preaching It's not teaching something. It's just entertainment. And you get to tune out for just a little bit. That's what people are looking for. And that's why I think sports is on the decline, unfortunately, because they have tried to interject that into it so badly that people are walking away. So now you see ABC and ESPN flailing, and they realize that they're in economic 
downpull on the company of Disney. So, again, Democrats, Joe Biden, maybe this should be a sign for you, is uh, Jeff Foxworthy says, here's your sign, when you realize that you've gone too far and people don't want your content. Speaking of, here's your sign. Today is the final day. Tomorrow is, uh, today and tomorrow, the final days of the omnibus bill, the extension of the federal budget before the government shuts down and we could all die in the streets without any government assistance. The problem is that Republicans in the Senate are trying to finalize a complete total $1.7 trillion budget, and I don't say budget is an actual budget, but an omnibus package that would go to the end of next year in the federal budget, meaning the federal year going to the end of September, where Mitch McConnell is saying we need to get through this entire year as opposed to just extending it until Republicans take the majority in the House of Representatives in less than a month away. And some on the House side are kind of curious on why Mitch McConnell is so adamant about passing the budget instead of just doing a continuing resolution for a month. Question, not only would he expect a better deal, but look, the people have spoken. They spoke during the midterm elections, and they said they wanted a Republican majority to keep this administration in check, to stop this outrageous spending, this out-of-control spending that's happening right now. And what do they do? They, they up until the last minute, they want to pass a $1.7 trillion spending bill where you've got the two lead negotiators who aren't even going to be there next year, aren't even going to be responsible for this, and they're not going to be accountable for this. The people spoke. They spoke during the midterm elections. They said, we want a Republican majority. This a CR should have been passed so that it would have put it into the next Congress and let this Republican majority that has been elected by the people, let them make the spending decision. Funny, isn't that what we said just a week ago? Just wait till the Republicans take control, then we can dominate the conversation and stop the radical, out-of-control spending in this country. Could it happen? The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. 24 minutes past the hour. Always a pleasure to have you along for the ride today. So we have the uh, omnibus budget. Again, it's not a budget. It's an omnibus bill. We need to be very careful on how we phrase this. It is not a budget. It is not a 12-bill appropriations bill of the actual budget. It is an omnibus. Let's throw all this crap into one big pile and see if we can actually pass this thing. That amounts to $1.7 trillion. We will talk about what's in the bill here in just a moment. But the big question is that many Republicans are starting to ask, and we've been screaming this at the top of our lungs. We're trying to let them know, hey, uh, why don't we just do a one-month extension, and then we'll figure it out from there. Republicans won the House representatives. The House representatives have the power of the purse. They're the ones that are supposed to handle the budget. Why don't we let them decide the budget after the transition of power? Democrats don't like that, and that's why we need to make that happen. And Mitch McConnell on the Senate side, however, is not so apt to doing that as some congressional members, including Congressman Buddy Carter from the state of Georgia, is asking that same question. Mitch McConnell, why aren't we just waiting until Republicans take over here? Question. Not only would he expect a better deal, but look, the people have spoken. They spoke during the midterm elections and they said they wanted a Republican majority to keep this administration in check, to stop this outrageous spending, this out of control spending that's happening right now. And- 
$1.7 trillion. And here's the big thing. Mitch McConnell could stop it. If you remember, until the change of power actually happens in January, we are split 50-50 in the Senate with a one-vote majority for the Democrats with the tie-breaking of Kamala Harris as the Vice President of the United States. On budgetary issues, they need to do the filibuster, meaning they need 60 votes in order to make it happen to go to the Senate, which means all we have to do is have Republicans say, no, we're not supporting this monstrosity, and then we can stop it. And then Democrats squirm and get angry and they blame Republicans and how we're letting people die and how we're not passing a budget and how people are going to die in the streets and how the government's going to shut down. They can do all the rhetoric that they want to, but we say, no, we don't need a $1.7 trillion budget and let's wait till Republicans take control. And we, and by the way, Republicans, if you're going to do that, you also need to have a plan in place. So the day of you get swore in, you say, here's our proposal. This is what we're doing. Take it or leave it. Then... You have to have, the Democrats will have a one-vote majority in the Senate. They can still squabble about that, but then you have a Republican majority in the House, and the Republicans have to stay strong. As you know, we've been very critical about Kevin McCarthy in uh, the House, a potentially coming Speaker of the House, but he's it's working. And I want to applaud you. Pat yourself on the back, conservatives, and pat yourself on the back, Republicans, that have been questioning Kevin McCarthy. He's getting pulled further to the right. According to Newsmax.com, he has responded and said that he would not allow this monstrosity to happen. It would be dead on arrival if he were Speaker of the House right now. The conversation came from Twitter when Congressman Chip Roy from Texas wrote, 13 Republican House members and Senate Republicans, we are obliged to inform you that if any omnibus passes in the remaining days of this Congress, we will oppose and whip opposition to any legislative priority of those senators who vote for this bill, including the leader. Hashtag stand up for America. Saying, if you pass this absolute craziness, we're stopping it. Or at least we're going to do what we can because this is insane. Kevin McCarthy responded to the tweet and said, agreed, except no need to whip. When I'm speaker, their bills will be dead on arrival in the House if this nearly $2 trillion monstrosity is allowed to move forward over our objections and the will of the American people. Meaning, he has laid down the gauntlet, and God, I hope that you stand to it, Kevin McCarthy, that if this passes and you guys ram it through, then Kevin McCarthy will will kill any type of bill coming from the Senate that's Democrat run over the next two years. It's done. You won't even have a chance. Mitch McConnell, you can stop this. Kevin McCarthy is standing strong, whether it's going to last during his speakership or whether it's just tough talk to get the speakership. Utilize it, piggyback upon it, and let's make sure that he actually stays true to that. No need to whip. If this bill passes, then any bills coming out of the Senate will be dead on arrival. That's a strong threat, and we need to make sure the he fulfills voice it. Of reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out as always, especially going into the Christmas celebration. I know your mind is completely gone. You are set for the holidays. You're ready to rock and roll. Maybe you have some time off. Maybe you're traveling already. Then first off, safe travels to you. I'm watching these headlines on the snowstorms and the pre-Christmas chaos that's about to ensue. 
And be careful, everybody. Stay warm. Do whatever it takes for you to make sure your house and everything's secure. Here in the Kansas area, where I'm based out of, out of Wichita, Kansas, for our flagship radio station, we are expected to have by Thursday, the Wednesday night, tomorrow night, Thursday morning, like negative 27, negative 30 degree wind chills, which, I mean, I don't care. I love <laughs> I will be outside, and I will do my meditation and deep breathing, and I will get exhilarated from the cold weather just because I enjoy that, and I'm crazy like that. But, uh, you know, obviously there are people that are going to be struggling, and stay warm. And remember, this comes at a time when the Biden administration is saying that your energy bills and utilities will be going up near 30% here soon because of how expensive things are going to get. So thanks, Joe Biden. We appreciate that. We appreciate that. Now, here's... A little bit of good news for you as we wrap up, uh, at least for that, that the weather is only supposed to last a couple of days, at least from what I've heard across most of the country. By the weekend and Christmas, it's supposed to clear up and be nice and a little bit warmer or at least not as much snow, hopefully, in most parts of the country. And then we're supposed to have a relatively mild winter come January, February, March. By March, we're supposed to have like springtime. Like warm weather again. So all we got to do is get through a couple of days. It's not that bad. If you remember two years ago when we had power going out and we were all consuming crazy amounts of energy and everything was up $600 per cubic foot of natural gas compared to the $6 per cubic foot of natural gas that we saw uh, just two years ago during the wintertime. And that was in February. And that lasted for like two weeks. So we can last two days. Hang tight, everybody, and let's enjoy the cold weather. It's it's winter time. It's expected. Let's just ride through it, baby, and make this happen. I'm excited about the cool weather because I enjoy the cold very much. If you can see, I'm still wearing a T-shirt. It is right now in Kansas. It is 23 degrees, and I have my T-shirt. I do have a light zip-up hoodie and that's uh, really thin, but that's about it, and I don't even have it on. I did not wear shorts today just because they were dirty. <laughs> and Mrs. Voice of Reason was quite okay with that. She's a little grumpy when I walk outside like this and it's cold outside. Put on a coat! No, I don't want to. I don't enjoy that. So uh, be safe, everybody. If you are traveling, whether you get a lot of snow, whether it's just windy, whether it is going to be icy, or whether it's just going to be the deep freezes, do whatever they're telling you to do, the preventative measures, to check the battery in your car, have the blankets, have the food in the back seat, just in case something happens, especially if you're doing your winter traveling. There it is. That's my PSA for the day. I just want everybody to be safe. And if you do get stuck, then you have plenty of time to listen to the Voice of Reason podcast. Can I Can I do that? Maybe? If, oh, it didn't even want to play. Come on, man. And it it didn't do it. Let's, uh, that kind of ruined the whole thing there. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate that very much there, sound effects. Uh, welcome back into the show. So now, uh, by the way, Larry Clayman, he was going to join the program, not able to get a hold of him. We will get him on the program, if not later on in the show today. We'll get him on in a couple of days. He is the author of the book, It Takes a Counter-Revolution, Wake Up America. He's got numerous different books. He's also the chairman of the Freedom Watch organization. We won't get him on the program here soon, but not able to get connected with him right now. But that's okay as we talk about this is kind of important as we talk about this federal budget omnibus bill and the conversation of how we could potentially stop it. I want to give you some optimism. Conservatives are winning this conversation. We are winning because Kevin McCarthy, whether he means it or not, the fact that he's saying it right now, I know he's in campaign mode trying to win over conservatives. Whether he's going to hold to it or not doesn't matter. The fact that he's saying it right now means something, and that's awesome, and we need to piggyback on that for as long as it lasts. I don't know if it's going to last longer than just this issue right now, uh, but I hope that it does. As we saw uh, Chip Roy, congressman from Texas, uh, tweet saying that we are obliged to inform you that if any omnibus passes in the remaining days of this Congress, meaning 
what they want to do here in the next day. We will oppose and whip opposition to any legislative priority of those senators who vote for this bill, including the leader, meaning Mitch McConnell, hashtag stand up for America, meaning if any Republican goes for this bill, we will whip any legislative priority against you. We will destroy you and you will be completely irrelevant because you won't be able to get a single bill passed through this chamber meaning the House of Representatives, in this next session when we take over in January, if you support this bill. Do not support this bill. While Mitch McConnell's out there, well, we need to pass the budget. Get the marbles out of your mouth, Mitch McConnell, and stand up and say, no, $1.7 trillion is just a little excessive. We're not going to go along with this. Thankfully, Kevin McCarthy, who's trying again to be the Speaker of the House, has uh, responded to that tweet and said, agreed, except we don't need to whip. When I'm Speaker, their bills will be dead on arrival in the House if this monstrosity is allowed to move forward. If they pass this bill moving forward, we will stop anything that comes from the Senate and we will do our own thing. And again, I hope he does it. Whether he fulfills it or not, I don't know. But we're starting to see a little bit of life, a little bit of a spark from Kevin McCarthy. And that's what I want to see. So whether it's going to last or not, the pressure conservatives are doing, it's working. While the media demonizes them, while the Republicans are frustrated as hell against the conservative caucus within the Republican Party, while Kevin McCarthy may be frustrated with the conservative caucus in the Republican Party, doesn't matter, it's working. So keep it up and I applaud you. Because that's our entire goal. Are we going to get a rock-solid conservative radical like Jim Jordan as Speaker of the House? Probably not. And we know that. But threatening to not give him enough votes makes him pander to us. Doesn't that work when we vote for an elected official on the home front? Hey, I need a certain amount of votes. How do I get those amount of votes? I have to say things that make the constituents want to support me. I have to do things that make the constituents want to support me. And then you do them, and then you let the people know that you did them, and that you just did them and you didn't just say it, and then we like you and we support you. It's a mini-election version of that at the federal government and within the Republican caucus right now. Do our bidding. Conservatism is going to rise again in 2023, and that's what I'm most optimistic about come the new year. Now, what's officially in this bill? Because this is an absolute joke with some of the craziness that's actually in this bill, uh, and it's a little sad with how bad some of this is. So what's actually in the bill? Let's go ahead and go there, shall we? This $1.7 trillion omnibus bill includes $772 billion for non-defense discretionary programs, $858 billion in defense funding, which is really weird because I just thought we passed the uh, Defense Authorization Act, meaning the military bill. So we passed that, and then this is separate from that one, but $858 billion in defense funding. So again, that allows... Republicans that are wishy-washy that want to support it to say, hey, we're supporting the military. It's okay for us to go along with it. What else is included in the bill? According to CNN, and the reason I went to CNN is because I want to see the most liberal progressive garbage that's in this that they're parading and thinking is a good thing in this bill. Number one, more aid for the Ukraine. Because, you know, billions upon billions upon billions of dollars isn't enough. We need to actually spend them more. They want to send roughly $45 billion additionally to help support Ukrainian efforts. As Democrats say, they are concerned that Republicans will cut cold turkey any funding and support for the Ukraine. Once they take the House of Representatives, they won't be able to send them any more money. We have disasters in this nation with a near 8% inflation rate that's still in this country and we're more worried about what's going on there. Not that we shouldn't be helping them in some way, 
But we've been doing this for a year now. When is enough enough? And we lay the hard truth against Vladimir Putin of end this garbage or there will be repercussions. And I don't just mean sanctions that put a slap on your wrist that don't do anything. Number two, emergency disaster assistance. The bill would appropriate more than $38 billion in emergency funding to help Americans in the West and Southeast affected by recent natural disasters, including tornadoes, hurricanes, floodings, and wildfires. Okay. I guess if we're going to compromise somewhere, that's a way to do that. Overhaul the electoral vote counting law. Wait a second. Isn't this a budget? It's not a election bill. It's not HR 1. It's not HR 3. No, no. This is a budget bill that's going to be overhauling the electoral law. This is what the Republicans have compromised to allow into the bill because, by golly, we have to do this and we're down to the wire and we have to wait till last minute to make this happen. So we're going to allow this. It would change and overhaul the 1887 Electoral Count Act, which the then-President Donald Trump tried to use to overturn the 2020 election, where it would clarify the vice president's role when overseeing the certification of the electoral results to be completely ceremonial. It would also create the set of stipulations designed to make it harder for there to be any confusion over the accurate slate of electors from each state, meaning the federal government centralizes more of the power and the vice president would not have a way to challenge it, which means there would be no way to really challenge the electoral vote, which means once it happens and the electoral vote, and I use an air quote, decide who they're going to vote for, it's a done deal. And there's nothing that we can do about it from there on out. Does that sound like it's good transparency? The allowing any type of correction, if it did happen theoretically, again, I use air quotes for that, there would be no way to challenge it or change it if it happened. Increased support for the military and veterans with a 4.6% pay raise for troops. That was part of the Defense Authorization Act. Beefing up nutrition assistance. They would establish a permanent nationwide summer EBT program starting for the summer of 2024. Money for child care. Helping pay utility bills. Well, utility bills are going to go up 30%. Might as well just send them a check from the government to take care of those bills instead of just lowering the cost of the utilities to where we don't need government assistance for that but the bill would provide five billion dollars for low-income home energy assistance program combined with the one billion dollars that was contained earlier with the continuing resolution would be the largest regular appropriation for the program to give you money just say hey here's some money for your energy bill it's going to be semi-cold and our gas prices are really high because we've cut production here's a bill and here's a check just to take care of you with another socialized program. More support for the environment, because that's what needs to happen while we uh, worry about inflation. Investing in the environment. Additional funding for U.S. Capitol Police. Homelessness prevention. Health care funding. And the TikTok ban for federal devices. Sounds like an interesting federal budget that's an omnibus bill where a lot of that has nothing to do with actual budgets. Makes your head scratch a little bit, right? Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. As we read through some of that list on what's in this omnibus bill, I don't know if you realize or not, but um, it's kind of a joke and it's laughable on how bad some of it is. But nonetheless, that's where they're at. That's why I went to CNN. I wanted to see exactly what they're giddy about with some of this stuff. But the bill, 
why it's an omnibus bill, why we don't pass these things as an actual 12-step appropriations bill with 12 different pieces to it, uh, is a prime example of that on some of the stuff in here that has nothing to do with an actual budget. Nothing whatsoever. The TikTok ban from federal devices, should we do that? Probably we should be doing that. But why include it in this? Why can't we do a separate bill outside of that? I mean, uh, I know that we're never going to do this. is Andy Andy's pipe dream of 2023. I get it. But why don't we have specific bills that are specifically for what they're called and we do it each individually and then we can actually debate them instead of throwing all this garbage into one big thing to pass it to see what's in it. The media, on the other hand, they're giddy about some of those things. They're not happy about some of the other things that are not in it, including the enhanced child tax credits, where if you remember last year in 2021, we got the enhanced child tax credit to where instead of getting the tax credit on your taxes at the end of the year when you filed them for your child, you got them in monthly payments. And it was the beginning of that universal basic income, which is what Democrats oh so wanted. And I've got to be honest, I'm really, really shocked that it ended in December of last year. Because once a government program really starts down that road, then it's very difficult or near impossible for them to go away. But we did stop it. Because, yeah, we should get a child tax credit. It's At the end of the day, we shouldn't have to do that. We should just lower taxes enough to where you just send it in, you're all good, and it's all done. But nonetheless, work in progress. We were able to stop this child tax credit. We were able to end that to where we didn't stop. Because when it started, it was really the, hey, universal basic income. This is going to help people on a monthly basis. And then people that didn't even qualify for it because they didn't make enough money in their taxes started receiving it, which really showed, oh, yeah, it's not really a tax credit, but it's really just a social program handout because we just want to start this universal basic income because then people started losing their minds. Oh, I can't afford our monthly bills unless I have that. Well, how did you survive the, the you know, 30 years of your life, 40 years of your life before that? Well, it was a struggle now, though. That's six months I was able to actually make it thanks to the government handout. They wanted to bring that back, and they tried to include that in this bill. So they say that this is a great compromise for Republicans. They didn't include that in while they were able to put in the utility social program. They were able to put in the child care Program. They were able to put in the Enhanced Retirement Savings Program. They were able to put in the Investment for Environment Program. They were able to put in additional funding for the U.S. Capital Program. They were able to put in the Homelessness Prevention and Affordable Housing Investment and Programs into this. They were able to put in the Nutrition Assistance Program in this. So they got, again, 90% of what they wanted, but they're angry they didn't get the one, and they're telling Republicans, well, we compromised on here. Why aren't you getting on board with this $1.7 trillion omnibus bill. They gave away one of what they didn't want. Oh, I'm sorry, two, because the other one was they wanted to rebuild a brand-new FBI headquarters so they could expand the FBI, and they wanted new cannabis banking rules as well that weren't included, according to CNN, where uh, those that run a cannabis business in many of the states that have legalized marijuana, where you could uh, actually start a bank account for that business, which many banks and many states do not allow that. You have to do it as a cash-run operation because they don't like that type of business because it is still federally illegal, and they're Therefore, banks would not allow you to open up a bank account for that type of business. I know I worked in banking before I got back into radio uh, for a few years, and I remember businesses wanting to come in and open up business. Hey, we're doing a grow. This was in Colorado. We're doing a grow operation. We're doing a distribution operation. We're doing a, a new store to sell cannabis, and we couldn't open up a bank account for them. And whether you agree, disagree, that's the way it was, but they want to change that one. So out of all the issues, they compromised with three. 
and they still have all of the shenanigans in here and then complain that Republicans are not compromising and working across the aisle. We gave up some of our agenda. You need to get on board with this. And Mitch McConnell, okay, we need to get past the budget. Republicans on the House, though, uh-uh. If you pass this, obviously the House of Representatives can't stop it right now because they don't have the majority, but once they do, then the replications will happen. It's time for the pressure to be on Mitch McConnell, but he's the one that won overwhelmingly with support from Republicans in the Senate to be the minority leader again, which shows, I think, the deeper issue of what's going on in the Senate. We'll continue to follow it. They're going to pass this stuff probably by tonight or first thing tomorrow, because by tomorrow night, then the government closes and we all die without the assistance of the government when it shuts down with the lack of funding. We'll keep you apprised of that one. Tomorrow, we're going to have some fun, some Christmas stuff, and on Thursday, our special program for Christmas going into the holiday celebration. Until then, though, be your own voice of reason. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.